إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So we have the statement of the author وَالتَّكْبِيرُ عَلَى الْجَنَائِزِ أَرْبَعْ وَهُوَ قَوْلُ مَالِكِ بْنِ أَنَسِ وَسُفْيَانِ الثَّوْرِ وَالْحَسَنِ بْنِ صَالِحِ وَأَحْمَدِ بْنِ حَنْبَلِ وَالْفُقَهَاء وَهَكَذَا قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ That four takbirs are to be said for the janazah prayer. This is the saying of Malik ibn Anas and Sufyan al-Thawri and Al-Hasan ibn Salih and Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimahumullah and the scholars and it was the saying of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so here he mentions this issue of the janazah prayer that in the janazah prayer there are four takbirat يقول المؤلف رحمه الله والتكبير على الجنائز أربع ثم ذكر العلماء الذين يرون مشروعية الأربع هذه في التكبير على الجنازة فهذا من السنن ومن فروض الكفايات على المسلمين أن يعودوا مريضهم وأن يشيعوا الجنائز وأن يشيعوا الجنائز من حق المسلم على المسلم So here he mentions about the janaza prayer that there should be four takbirat when you do the janaza prayer and he mentioned the names of some of the scholars who hold that uh, opinion and mention about the four takbirat like Al-Imam Malik ibn Anas and Sufyan al-Thawri and Al-Hasan ibn Salih and Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimahumullah and the other fuqaha, the scholars and this is the statement of the Prophet sallallahu he mentions. So this is from the furudul kifayat meaning that when there is a janazah then at least some of the muslims have to go pray the janazah it cannot be that a muslim dies and nobody goes to pray the janazah some of the muslims they need to go and pray the janazah and it is not an obligation on every muslim it is not fardain so not every single person has to go but as long as some of the Muslims they go and perform that janazah prayer, then that is fulfilling the right. As Ashaykh Rabi'ah, Hafizahullah Ta'ala mentions, that it is from the right of a Muslim on another Muslim, Haqqul Muslimi ala al-Muslim, that you go and visit those people who are ill. You go and visit the people who are ill, the Muslims who are ill. And that you follow the funeral procession. That you follow the funeral procession. وَمِنْ حَقِّهِ أَنْ يُصَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ And from the right of a Muslim is that the other Muslims, they pray upon him. They pray the janazah prayer. وَأَنْ يَدْعُوا لِإِخْوَانِهِمْ And that they make dua for their brothers. 
that they make dua for their brothers, just as Allah said, كما قال الله تبارك وتعالى بعد أن أثنى على المهاجرين وعلى الأنصار ثم قال والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان that those who came after them they say oh our Lord forgive us and for our brothers who preceded us forgive us and for our brothers who came before us فالميت ينتفع من الدعاء so the deceased the person who has died he benefits from the dua of the others the dua that others make for him وَمِنَ الصَّدَقَةِ and from the charity that is given on his behalf وَمِنْ ذَلِكَ الصَّلَاةُ عَلَيْهِ and also from the janaza prayer that is prayed upon him فَإِنَّ هَذِهِ الصَّلَاةِ إِنَّمَا هِيَ دُعَاءٌ لَهِ because this prayer, the janaza prayer that you pray upon the deceased it is a dua for that person. You are supplicating for that person in the janazah prayer. You are asking Allah to forgive him and have mercy upon him. So it is a dua for the deceased person, the janazah prayer. وَإِذَا صَلَّ عَلَيْهِ أَرْبَعُونَ مِنْ أَهْلِ التَّقْوَى وَالصَّلَاحِ يَقْبَلُ اللَّهُ شَفَاعَتَهُمْ فِيهِ And if 40 people from the people of taqwa and righteousness, 40 people from the people of taqwa and righteousness they pray upon him then Allah accepts their intercession for him so the deceased person he benefits from that so firstly this is from his rights upon his brothers that his Muslim brothers they should pray the janazah prayer upon him. وَثَانِيًا هُوَ يَسْتَفِيدُ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ عَلَيْهِ He benefits from the prayer that is prayed upon him. The janazah prayer. Because of the dua in it. وَمِنَ الدُّعَاءِ And from the dua that the Muslims they make for him. Asking Allah to forgive him. سَوَاءً صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَهُوَ جَنَازَةِ وَسَوَاءً هُوَ فِي قَبْرِهِ so a person he makes dua for that person and you pray the janazah prayer upon him or when for example a Muslim visits the graveyards he gives the salam upon them and then he asks Allah to forgive them. He makes dua to Allah to forgive the people who have died and to have mercy upon them. So this dua, it benefits that person and the relative can make dua for his relatives and the Muslim believer can make dua for the other believers. All of this benefits, this dua, it benefits the deceased after they die. هذا كله يفيد الأموات بعد انتقالهم من هذه الحياة الدنيا All of this benefits the deceased person after he moves on from this world لأنه كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا مات ابن آدم إذا مات ابن آدم انقطع عمله إلا من ثلاث If the son of Adam dies, one of the humans they die 
then all of his actions are cut off except three. Sadaqa jariyah, ongoing charity, wa ilmin yuntafa'u bih, knowledge that other people they benefit from after he dies, he leaves behind righteous knowledge that other people they benefit from. Wa waladin salihin yad'ulah, and a righteous child who makes dua for him. A righteous child who makes dua for him. وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةٌ And the believers, they are brothers. أَحْيَاءً وَأَمْوَاتًا Alive or dead. فَالْأَحْيَاءُ يَعْطَفُونَ عَلَى الْأَمْوَاتِ وَيُقَدِّمُونَ لَهُمْ مَا يَسْتَطِعُونَ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَالدُّعَاءِ لَهُمْ وَالْإِسْتِغْفَارِ لَهُمْ وَالصَّدَقَ عَنْهُمْ So the believers are brothers. Alive or even after death. So the believer... He does what he can for the deceased. He prays the janazah prayer upon him. He makes dua for him, asking Allah to forgive him. He gives charity on behalf of him. So this can be done on behalf of your friend or on behalf of your relative who has died. And all of that, is something beneficial and it is from the sunnah. So then the imam, the author, he mentioned, Al-Imam Al-Barbahari, At-Takbiru ala al-Jana'izi Arba' That there are four takbirat done in the janazah prayer. This is now talking about how you pray the janazah prayer. That there are four takbirat. And you know that there is a difference about this there are some narrations that say five some narrations that say more here the author mentions four takbirat that you say Allahu Akbar that is the first takbir then you say once again Allahu Akbar the second takbir then once again Allahu Akbar the third takbir then once again Allahu Akbar the fourth takbir and then the salam is given Four takbirat in the janazah prayer. هذا قول عدد من العلماء سمى مالك بن أنس وصفيان الثوري والحسن بن صالح وأحمد بن حنبل والفقهاء يعني من الكوفيين وغيرهم. So this is the opinion of some of the scholars. They've mentioned that it is four takbirat in the janazah prayer. وهذا في الجملة ورد عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه كبر أربعا. So generally it has been mentioned from the Prophet ﷺ that he made four takbirat. That he made four takbirat. وَكَبَّرَ خَمْسًا That he made five takbirat is also mentioned. وَسِتًّا وَسَبْعًا وَثَمَانًا وَتِسْعًا هَذَا كُلُّهُ وَارِدٍ Even five and six and seven and eight and nine takbirat for the janazah prayer. It is all mentioned. It is mentioned in narrations. لكن جمهور العلماء يقولون أو جمهور العلماء على أربع الأربع. The majority of the scholars they say it is four. وبعضهم يدعي أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يغاير بين تكبيرات يعني أربع وخمس. That the Prophet ﷺ, he used to change and alternate 
Some of the scholars, they say that the Prophet used to alternate in the takbirat. Sometimes he would do four in some janazah prayers and sometimes he would do five in some janazah prayers. وَكَذَا لَكِنْ بَعْدَ أَنْ صَلَّى عَلَى النَّجَاشِ أَرْبَعًا كَمَا فِي الْحَدِيثِ الَّذِي رَوَاهُ الْبُخَارِيُّ وَمُسْلِمْ فِي مَوْتِ النَّجَاشِ وَأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صلى الله عليه وسلم قال صلوا على أخيكم أعلن موته ثم قال صلوا عليه فكبر أربعا ثم بعدها ما زاد عليها بعد هذه الصلاة على النجاشي ما زاد النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام على الأربع It is mentioned in the narration regarding النجاشي When النجاشي died And they prayed the janazah prayer in his absence it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ said to the companions, pray upon your brother. And there were four takbirat that were done in that janazah prayer. Then it is mentioned that after that janazah prayer, the Prophet ﷺ never prayed more than four takbirat in the janazah. After that janazah prayer, the Prophet ﷺ did not pray four takbirat uh, uh, more then four takbirat in any janazah prayer. However, لكن ورد عن بعض الصحابة ورد عن ابن مسعود أنه قال صلي مع الإمام إن كبر أربعا صلي معه وإن كبر خمسا فاتبعه that it is mentioned from some of the companions like ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه he said pray with the imam if he does four takbirat and pray with him even if he does five takbirat. وَوَرَدَ عَنْ عَلِي رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّهُ كَبَّرَ عَلَى الْبَدَرِيِّينَ سِتًّا It is mentioned that Ali رضي الله عنه when he prayed the janazah prayer he made six takbirat. وَعَلَى غَيْرِهِمْ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ خَمْسًا And upon other janazah prayers he did five. وَعَلَى مَنْ عَدَاهُمْ مِنَ التَّابِعِينَ أَرْبَعًا And other people from the tabi'een, he did four takbirat. لِأَنَّ الْبَدَرِيِّينَ أَفْضَلُ So when he prayed the janazah prayer on the deceased of Badr, he did six takbirat, because they are better. And when he prayed the janazah on the rest of the companions, five takbirat. And when he prayed janazah on those tabi'een who came after them, then only four takbirat. So this is what is mentioned uh, from that, regarding the janazah prayer and the differences of the takbirat. نعم ومن عداهم من المؤمنين من التابعين الذين أدركوا عليا كان يصلي عليهم أربعا والجمهور يعني استقروا على الأربع so the majority of the scholars they fixed the affair to four takbirat ومن حججهم أن هذا كان آخر فعل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم from the evidences of the majority of the scholars, they say the reason why we only do four, even though the companions, it is mentioned they did five and six, and there are other narrations of the Prophet seven, eight, nine. They say we only do four. And the reason being, they say because the Prophet wasallam, the last thing he did, his final action was that he used to do four takbirat. Like we said, after the prayer of Najashi, the janazah prayer on Najashi, after that, the Prophet ﷺ only ever used to do four takbirat. 
So they say based upon that we stick to four takbirat. فَيَقُولُونَ إِنَّهُ بَعْدَ صَلَاتِهِ عَلَى النَّجَاشِ أَرْبَعًا مَا سَدْ عَلَيْهَا After he prayed upon al-Najashi, then he did not increase upon four takbirat. لكن بعض الصحابة يصلي الخمس كما روي عن علي وعن غيره يصلون أربعا وخمسا وستا ومشاكل ذلك But it is narrated from some of the companions like Ali رضي الله عنه that he used to pray five or six or more Those are mentioned from the companions Then there is a question هنا سؤال ما يقال بين التكبيرات إذا زاد على الأربع What do you say after the takbirat if you do more than four First if you do four what do you say After the first takbir Allahu Akbar what do you read In the janazah prayer Al-Fatiha And then if you want to add a surah to you can add the surah small surah after Al-Fatiha Then the takbir then what do you read yeah, so Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Then after that takbir, then you read the dua. You make the dua for the deceased. You make the dua, you supplicate, ask Allah to forgive this person, to have mercy on this person. Then takbir, this is now which takbir? Number four. And after this one, there's... Huh? Yeah, after that one, just a salam. But now, if you're going to pray five takbirat, or six takbirat, or seven. ماذا يقال بين تكبيرات إذا زاد على الأربع? What are you going to read now if you're going to do five takbirat or six takbirat? What do you read? Extra dua. Here the sheikh says, the سؤال is ماذا يقال بين التكبيرات إذا زاد على الأربع? الجواب يقول الشيخ ما ورد فيها شيء. There is nothing mentioned in the sunnah about what you are supposed to read if it goes more than four takbirat. There is nothing, no hadith, it doesn't mention anything about what you read more than that. So Allah Ta'ala A'lam, there is nothing extra mentioned about what you are supposed to read in those takbirat. Another question, رَفْعُ الْيَدَيْنِ مَعَ التَّكْبِيرِ فِي الصَّلَاةِ عَلَى الْجَنَازَةِ Do you do it or don't you do it? In the takbir, when you do the janazah prayer, the first one, of course, Allahu Akbar. Then the second takbir, Allahu Akbar, do you raise your hands as well or keep your hands here? The third one, do you say Allahu Akbar, keep your hands here? Or Allahu Akbar, raise your hands? Do you raise your hands in the janazah or not? Who said that? You raise them? Uh huh. You don't raise them? So it's an issue which is differed about. Fiha khilaf. Fiha khilaf. It's an issue which is differed about. There's a difference of opinion between the scholars whether you're supposed to raise the hands in the janazah prayer and or whether you do not. And they have their evidences, they have their proofs to say that you should. And the others have their evidences to say that there is nothing to say that you should. Sheikh Rabi'ah, he says, Fiha khilaf. لكن الصحيح for الشيخ Rabia he mentions أنها ترفع ترفع مع كل تكبيرة 
وهذا عن ابن عمر وعن سمر ابن جندب وعن بعض الصحابة الآخرين ورد آثار عن الصحابة وعن التابعين أنهم كانوا يرفعون مع كل تكبيرة الشيخ ربيع says his opinion that you raise the hands for every takbir and there are some evidences from some of the narrations uh, Ibn Umar for example Samura Ibn Jundab and some of the other companions عنهم, that they used to raise their hands in the janazah prayer for the takbir that is one opinion some of the scholars have the opinion there is no real proof to say that you should do it so that is differed about in the raising of the hands قال الإمام الترمذي تعليقا على حديث بهريرة بعد أن قال هذا حديث غريب لا نعرفه إلا من هذا الوجه قال واختلف أهل العلم في هذا يعني في رفع اليدين فرأى أكثر أهل العلم من أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وغيرهم أن يرفع الرجل يديه في كل تكبيرة على الجنازة Al-Imam Al-Tirmadhi, he says that the scholars, the people of knowledge, they differed over this issue whether you should raise the hands in the takbirat of the janazah prayer. The first takbirah, of course you raise your hands when you start, Allahu Akbar. But then the second, the third and the fourth or more, do you raise your hands in those ones or not? Differed about between the people of knowledge. He says the majority of the scholars, they hold the opinion from the scholars and other than the scholars that you should raise your hands in the takbirat of the janazah prayer huwa qawl ibn al-mubarak that is the statement of ibn al-mubarak wa shafi'i wa ahmad wa ishaq ibn rahoya this is the opinion of those scholars that you raise your hands wa qala ba'du qala ba'du ahli al-ilm some of the scholars they said la yarfa'u yadayhi illa fi awwali marrah that a person should not raise his hands except the first time when you open up, when you start. And that is the opinion of Sufyan al-Thawri and some of the uh, scholars of Kufa. Then Al-Shaykh Rabia, he mentions, Lakin, Al-Shaykh al-Albani, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, يرى أنه لا ترفع اليدان إلا في التكبيرة الأولى مثل سفيان الثوري رحمه الله وعنده حديثان and he has two narrations الشيخ الألباني mentions two narrations indicating that you should not raise your hands there is a hadith of Ibn Abbas and there is a hadith of Abu Hurairah there are two narrations that Al-Shaykh Al-Albani uses to say that you should not raise your hands but the scholars who say that you do they take the opinion that these two narrations of Ibn Abbas and Abu Hurairah عنهم, that they are weak narrations so they say that you are supposed to raise your hands but Sheikh Al-Albani has some uh, details regarding these narrations. And based upon that, he takes the opinion that you do not raise your hands. After that, قال المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى 
والإيمان بأن مع كل قطرة ملكا ينزل من السماء حتى يضعها حيث أمره الله عز وجل The Iman that with every raindrop there is an angel who descends with it, comes down with it until he places it where Allah the mighty and majestic has ordered. So here Ash-Shah Rabia says regarding that. Al-Imanu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wal yawmi al-akhiri wal qadri khayrihi wa sharrihi min Allah. هذه الأمور هي هي أركان الإيمان. من كفر بواحد منها خرج من الإسلام. So these are the six pillars of iman: the belief in Allah, His angels, His books, His prophets, the day of judgment, the decree, its good and its bad. Whoever disbelieves in any one of those, then he has committed disbelief and exited from Islam. والمطر من أعظم نعم الله التي يجب على عباده أن يشكروه عليها ويؤمنوا بها. The rain is one of the greatest blessings of Allah. The rain is one of the greatest blessings of Allah and it is binding upon us. It is upon us that we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has bestowed upon us this great blessing of the rain. قَالَ نُوحٌ لِقَوْمِهِ وَهُوَ يَدْعُوهُمْ إِلَى الْإِيمَانِ بِاللَّهِ وَتَوْحِيدِهِ وَعِبَادَتِهِ وَشُكْرِهِ عَلَى نِعْمِهِ Nuh alayhi salam said to his people when he was calling them, giving them da'wah to have iman in Allah and tawheed and in the worship of Allah, to be upon the worship of Allah and to thank Allah for the blessings. وَيَحْتَجُّ عَلَيْهِمْ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ الْكَوْنِيَّ أَلَّتِي تَدْفَعُهُمْ لِلْإِيمَانِ And when he was doing that, when Nuh a.s. was calling his people to the iman in Allah, he used evidences which are from the worldly creational evidences highlighting the uh, need to worship Allah. So he mentioned to them, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا يُرْسِلُ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدَرَارًا So I said to them, seek forgiveness from your Lord. Indeed, He is the one who forgives often. He is the oft forgiving. And He sends the skies upon you. يُرْسِلُ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدَرَارًا Here, Nuh a.s. is giving them this evidence that the Lord, the Creator, He is the one who sends down the rain upon you in those gusts. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who sends down the rain upon you. And this is an example of using the rububiyyah of Allah to prove the uluhiyyah. Showing examples that Allah creates and that Allah is in control of the universe and everything within it. To highlight to the people that they therefore need to worship the Creator. So, this was an example of Nuh highlighting the importance of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has given you all these blessings, one of them being the rain. أَمَّا مَا ذَكَرَهُ الْمُؤَلِّفُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ 
min anna ma'a kulli qatiratin malakan as for what the author has mentioned here that every raindrop which comes there is an angel with it until the raindrop hits the ground that's what the author said Sheikh Rabia says فَهَذَا أَمْرٌ لَا يُسْتَبْعَدُ عَلَىٰ قُدْرَةِ اللَّهِ وَصَعَةِ مُلْكِهِ وَكَثْرَةِ جُنُودِهِ مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ This is not something that you should think it's impossible for that to happen. It's not something which is far-fetched. It is not something which is far-fetched. لا يُسْتَبْعَدْ It is not something which is far-fetched. It is believable. That there is an angel that comes with every raindrop until it hits the ground. That is from the great army of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِلَّهِ جُنُودُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ That indeed to Allah belong the armies of the heavens and the earth. وَلَكِنِّي يعني يقول الشيخ ربيع حفظه الله تعالى وَلَكِنِّي لَمْ أَقِفْ عَلَى دَلِيلِهِ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ وَلَا مِنَ السُنَّةِ The Shaykh says, I have not found though any evidence to prove it from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Even though it's believable, it's possible with every raindrop that there is an angel. That is perfectly possible within the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the great armies that Allah has. Of the numbers of angels, there is no problem in that. But the Shaykh says, in terms of a proof though, from the Quran and the Sunnah, he says, I have not seen anything from the Quran and the Sunnah to prove that there is an angel that comes with every raindrop. And it is something from the affairs of the unseen. أو النقل قريب من هذا عن الحسن والحكم والحكم ابن عتيبة وأخشى أن يكون هذا من الإسرائيليات يقول الشيخ ربيع he says that something similar to this about an angel coming with every raindrop it has been narrated from others but the sheikh says I fear that this may be from the إسرائيليات those narrations that were prior to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, narrations from the previous people, أَخْشَى أَنْ يَكُونَ هَذَا أَخَذَاهُ مِنَ الْرِوَايَاتِ الْإِسْرَائِيلِيَّةِ فَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ لَكِنْ لَمْ يَثْبُتْ فِيهَا حَدِيثٌ عَنِ النَّبِيَ So the Shaykh says that these may be from the previous narrations, it is not proven from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. There is nothing proven in the Qur'an and the Sunnah that there is an angel that comes with every raindrop. Wallahu ala kulli shay'in qadir, and no doubt Allah is capable of everything. Wallahu wakkala ba'da al-mala'ika bil-sahab, wakkala ba'da al-mala'ika bil-jibal. And Allah has given the responsibility of the clouds to some of the angels, and Allah has put the responsibility of the mountains to some of the angels. Kama fi hadithi Aisha radiyallahu anha, just like it is mentioned in a narration of Aisha radiyallahu anha, Regarding how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the responsibility of the clouds to some of the angels, the responsibility of the mountains to some of the angels, all of that is within the ability and power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
So the conclusion of that being that the author mentioned to have faith that with every raindrop there is an angel who descends with it until he places it where Allah the mighty and majestic has ordered. That is certainly possible. However, as Shaykh Rabia mentions, he is not aware of any evidence from the Quran and the Sunnah to prove that. So we are not able to affirm that because there is no proof in the Quran and the Sunnah affirming that. After that, قَالَ الْمُؤَلِّفُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ وَالْإِيمَانُ بِأَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ حِينَ كَلَّمَ أَهْلَ الْقَلِيبِ يَوْمَ بَدَرْ أي الْمُشْرِكِينَ كَانُوا يَسْمَعُونَ كَلَامَهُ To have faith that when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam spoke to the dead people thrown into the dry well on the day of Badr, the Mushrikeen, they heard his words. So on the day of Badr, the battle of Badr, the Mushrikeen who were killed, they were thrown into this pit. They were thrown into this dry well. And the Prophet ﷺ, he spoke to them. And to have the iman that they deceased, they heard the Prophet ﷺ. Asharh. Lama ba'atha Allahu Rasulahu Muhammadan ﷺ bilhuda wa deen al-haq. وَأَنزَلَ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنَ الْمُعْجِزِ الَّذِي عَجَزَ الْجِنُّ وَالْإِنسُ وَنْيَأْتُ بِسُورَةٍ مِمِثْلِهِ وَأَجْرَ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ مُعْجَزَاتٍ كَوْنِيَّةٍ مِنْهَا إِنْشِقَاقُ الْقَمَرِ وَمَعَ ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ كَانَ يُكَذِّبُهُ عُتَاتِ قُرَيْشٍ وَكُفَارُهُمْ وَآذَوْهُ صَلَّى Al-Shaykh Rabi'ah says, When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he gave him the truth. He revealed to him the Qur'an. A miracle that nobody from the jinn and the humans is able to bring anything similar to it. Nobody from the jinn and the humans is able to bring anything similar to the Qur'an. Not even one surah similar to it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam miracles. For example, the splitting of the moon. The splitting of the moon into two. This was something that was mentioned that occurred. And that is from the miracles of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Despite that, then the disbelievers, the mushrikeen uh, from the Quraysh and the other disbelievers, they still disbelieved. And they still harmed the Prophet ﷺ with a great harm. وَمِن جُمْلَةِ أَذَاهُمْ لَهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَا رَوَاهُ الصَّحَابِيُّ الْجَلِيلُ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ مَسْعُودَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And from this harm that they caused him, it is narrated in a hadith uh, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yusalli inda al-bayt wa abu jahl wa ashabun lahu julus that the Prophet sallallahu was praying in his house and Abu Jahl and some of the friends of Abu Jahl were with him إِذْ قَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ لِبَعْضُ when they said to each other, أَيُّكُمْ يَجِئُ 
بصلاة جزور بني فلان فيضعه على ظهر محمد إذا سجد فانبعث أشق القوم فجاء به فنظر حتى سجد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وضعه على ظهره بين كتفيه وأنا أنظر لا أغني شيئا لو كان لي من منع قال فجعلوا يضحكون ويحيل بعضهم على بعض ورسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ساجد لا يرفع رأسه حتى جاءته فاطمة فطرحت هذا الأذى عن ظهره فرفع رأسه ثم قال اللهم عليك بقريش ثلاث مرات فشق عليهم إذ دعا عليهم قال وكانوا يرون أن الدعوة في ذلك البلد مستجابة ثم سمى اللهم عليك بأبي جهل وعليك بعتبة ابن ربيعة وشيبة ابن ربيعة والوليد ابن عتبة وأمي ابن خلف وعقبة ابن أبي معيط وعد السابع فلم يحفظ In this narration it is an example of some of the harm that occurred to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that on one occasion the Prophet sallallahu was praying in his home or close to his home and Abu Jahl and some of his friends were there so they said to each other who from you will bring some affair of impurity or dirt to put upon to the Prophet ﷺ, to basically throw some things on top of him whilst he is praying. So one of them, the worst of them, he went and he got these things. And when the Prophet ﷺ was prostrating, he put them onto his back. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud says, I saw this, but I couldn't do anything. I saw this, but I couldn't do anything. And they began to laugh when they put this on the Prophet whilst he was prostrating. They began to laugh. And the Prophet was still in prostration. He didn't move up. He didn't pick his head up. Until Fatima, she came and she removed this harm from the back of the Prophet Then he raised his head and he made dua. Oh Allah, upon you is Quraysh. Meaning made dua against Quraysh. Three times made dua against Quraysh. Then it became difficult for those Quraysh. Because they used to think, they used to believe that the dua is answered in that place. In that city. They used to believe that the dua is answered. Then after that, the Prophet ﷺ actually made dua by name. And he said, Oh Allah, and he made dua against Abu Jahl and Utbah ibn Rabi'ah and the names that were mentioned. So this is an example of how they used to harm the Prophet ﷺ. Even when he was praying, they come and throw things on him. Even when he was praying, they would come and throw harmful things on him. So these... People, the Prophet ﷺ made dua against them. 
This incident happened in Makkah before the Battle of Badr, before the Hijra, by several years. So when the Battle of Badr happened and it changed the course of history, when the Battle of Badr happened and it changed the course of history, as they say, the angels, they fought alongside the Muslims. And Allah gave victory to the Messenger. These individuals who were thrown into that pit, they were from amongst those people who were killed. These ones who were causing the harm several years earlier, the ones who threw those affairs onto the back of the Prophet as several years later, they were the ones who were killed and thrown in to the pits of Badr. in Tano. When they died, then they were not buried until the third day. And they had begun to, uh, the smell had come from them, their corpses, etc., beginning to rot. So they were commanded, the Prophet commanded to bury them in that area, into that pit. Illa Umayya ibn Khalaf. So when it was the third day, when it was the third day, the Prophet ﷺ, he commanded for them to be buried. So for three days, they had been rotting and the corpses had begun to rot. That they had begun to have the bad smell, began to have the uh, odors coming from them. So he commanded for them to be buried except for Umayyah ibn Khalaf. And then he said to them, as they were buried, هَلْ وَجَدْتُمْ مَا وَعَدَكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ حَقَّا have you found what your Lord has promised you to be true? For indeed I have found what my Lord promised me to be true. Meaning the victory upon the enemies. The victory upon the enemies. So he said to them, Have you found what your Lord promised you? For indeed I have found what my Lord promised me to be true. I have found what my Lord promised me to be true. So he spoke to them like this. And he said this to them. This is what the author is talking about now. That on that battle of Badr when they were buried, the Prophet ﷺ spoke to them and said, 
Have you found what your Lord promised you to be true? For indeed I have found what my Lord promised me to be true, i.e. the victory over the enemies. So when he spoke to them like this, it is mentioned in the narration that some of the companions, they said, can they hear Umar? فَقَالَ عُمَرْ مَاذَا تُخَاطِبُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ مِنْ قَوْمٍ قَدْ جَيَّفُوا يعني ما يسمعون Umar ibn Khattab رضي الله عنه said Who are you talking to? These people are dead They've become corpses Deceased They don't hear So how are you talking to them? فقال So the Prophet said وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ مَا أَنْتُمْ بِأَسْمَعْ لِمَا أَقُولُ مِنْهُمْ لَكِنَّهُمْ لَا يَقْدِرُونَ أَنْ يُجِيبُوا He said by the one whom my soul is in his hand You do not hear any better than they can They can hear But they are not able to respond They are not able to respond As Sheikh Rabia says here now بَعْضُ النَّاسِ يتوسع في سماع الموتى ويحتج بمثل هذا الحديث وبأحاديث فيها شيء من الكلام أن الموتى يسمعون Some people they take these kinds of narrations too far and they begin to say that all of the deceased people they can hear you all of the deceased people they can hear you they begin to say that ويبني ال خرافيون على مثل هذا مخاطبة الرسول ومخاطبة الأموات والاستغاثة بهم Some of the people of deviation they begin to establish upon these evidences that you can talk to the messenger of Allah you can talk to the deceased people you can ask them to help you and to aid you وإلى آخر الأساطير التي يبنونها على مثل هذه الأحاديث To other than that from the different things that the people they make up from these types of narrations. So the people when they hear this, they think that everybody who's dead can hear you. And that is not the case. They think that everybody died, they can hear you, you can go and ask them to help. That isn't the case. That is not the case. وَقَدْ أَلَّفَ الْأَلُوسِي رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ كِتَابًا يُبَيِّنُ فِيهِ عَدَمْ سَمَاعِ الْمَوْتَى وَحَقَّقَهُ الشَّيْخُ الْأَلْبَانِي there is a book which highlights very clearly that the deceased do not hear you. And he brought very strong evidences that the deceased do not hear you. That you cannot make the deceased hear you. Ayah in the Quran. You cannot make the deceased hear you. احتج بهذه الآية وغيرها من الآيات واحتج الذين يقولون بسماعهم بمثل هذا الحديث But some of the people who claim that the deceased can hear you They use evidences like this They start to use evidences like this to say that all of the deceased can hear you You can make dua to them, intercession to them All of those types of things لكن هذا الحديث قال فيه قتادة أحياهم الله حتى أسمعهم قوله توبيخا وتصغيرا ونقمة وحسرة وندما 
It is mentioned that Qatada said regarding this hadith about Badr, that Allah gave them life just to be able to hear that from the Prophet ﷺ to be as a refutation and a rebuke upon them. They were given the life to be able to hear that. So they heard that. But this is not a general evidence to say that all of the deceased, they hear you. That is not the case. Also, there is a hadith that when a person dies and he's buried, that when the people, they walk away, he can hear their footsteps as they are walking away. So some people say that proves that the dead people, they can hear everything. But again, this is not the case. The correct understanding is that this hearing of theirs is only at that time when they are buried. Because at that time when they are buried, what is going to occur? The questioning of the grave. The questioning of the grave, it occurs. The angels, they come and they speak to that person. And that is the time when the person hears the people walking away. This is again not a proof to say that the deceased people can hear everything which is going on. This is not a proof to say that the deceased people can hear everything which is going on. فَهَذَا مَا يُمْكِنَ يُقَالْ حَوْلَ سَمَاعِ الْأَمْوَاتِ يعني الناس يتوسعون في هذه الأشياء ويبنون عليها خرافات وأساطير وأن الأموات يسمعون So the Shaykh says you have to be careful with these types of narrations not to be like the people of innovation who start to use these narrations to say that all of the dead people can hear you that is not true that is not true the deceased do not hear you like that these are particular narrations and there are understandings to them it is not a general affair that the deceased can all hear you So that is regarding the deceased and the burial. And we've spoken about that to a degree already, about the uh, belief in the Day of Judgment. So inshallah ta'ala, we'll leave that section up to there. The next topic which will begin in the next session will be the statement of Al-Imam Al-Barbahari وَالْإِيمَانُ بِأَنَّ الرَّجُلَ إِذَا مَرِضَ يَأْجُرُهُ اللَّهُ عَلَى مَرَضِهِ The Iman that if a person becomes ill, then Allah gives that person reward upon his illness. So we'll talk about being patient at the time of illness and the reward that a person receives in being patient at the time of illness. That's what we'll begin with next week, insha'Allah ta'ala, at the same time of 6 p.m.